The Protect Your Neck Podcast, Bellator, Hawaii, and UFC Vegas 71 Breakdown with Dan Tom, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. We the voices behind the face of the Hawaiian nation, the Hawaiian race. Rise for justice, the day has come For all our people to stand as one Ella Ella We the voices behind the face The Hawaiian nation, Hawaiian nation Rise for justice, the day has come For all our people to stand as one Ella Hey yo, what's up? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I am your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is work you can find on MMAJunkie.com as well as the Action Network. But on this here program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully it's for the fight, because I'm recording this late Thursday night on Hawaii time. 4.20, man, hopefully... Uh, you guys all had a good uh, day. Uh, it's been a busy one here. Um, more work than play, uh, but nevertheless, grateful to be here, grateful to be talking to you guys. Sorry for the tight squeeze as far as the turnaround for those of you tuning in for the Bellator Hawaii first night uh, as far as bets go because, you know, there's some interesting names on there, but uh, I think, uh, you know, people of this podcast would probably be drawn to that first night attraction for some betting opportunities that y'all have already replied to me at Dan Tom MMA uh, on socials, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Although, like I said on Twitter, I won't be um, as active on that. Uh, we'll touch on that in a second. Of course, there'll be notes and usually listener chat shouts, but we're not doing this live old school audio episode, which means. Uh, which means, uh, you know, uh, no video, uh, which is, you know, good for me because I don't, I don't care to show this face too much. I don't think anybody's missing out, and uh, you know, but it is bummer for the interactive audience on YouTube, which I'll be uploading audio. Hopefully, that doesn't take long. Um, but appreciate all you guys there. Like and subscribe if you're listening to the audio there. Appreciate it. And, of course, five-star ratings and reviews are very appreciative. I actually put a call to arms last time. I haven't checked to see if any of you guys answered it, but please, um, five-star ratings and reviews now more than ever. Uh, Again, um, with my main social platform that I was on, um, just kind of falling apart objectively. Of course, everybody's going to turn it into the culture war BS that's already happening. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, um, I, I'm going to try to push past all that because I, I really don't care more about disseminating information, making things more efficient. That's what um, <clears throat> that's what uh, you, you would hope, uh, uh, you know, uh, the site is for as far as Twitter goes. But I'm just trying to be more efficient in my life in general, focus more on the positive things and just focus on getting work done. A lot of work to get done, a lot to cover. So as per usual, uh, again, notes, we're going to do a quick recap of me getting my ass kicked last week for UFC Kansas. Check the timestamps for when that starts and ends because that'll roll right into Bellator 294. We'll go from top to bottom. 
Um, got takes for you on the main card. Then we'll hop over to Bellator 295, staying in Hawaii, where I currently am, which is why we're in audio, recording this in the legendary Popo Doris's humble abode. Uh, my grandma there, not Popo Pinelli, is in police. You know, uh, Popo, uh, kind of derivative of Chinese there. I refer to my grandparents, my grandmother, Gung Gung, grandfather. There you go. Let the more you know. Um... But, yeah, we're going to do that, of course, from top to bottom. And then we're going to jump over to UFC Vegas 71 where I have takes, bets, and all the like. Um, And we're going to do that from top to bottom. We're going to recap picks and plays at the end. And uh, I got bets for you on all events. But, Dan, didn't you say you can't um, bet, uh, you know, uh, the things you cover? You know, even though you're not a journalist, you try to be journalistic? Yeah, yes, yes, I have said that. Um, it doesn't mean I, I can't per se, because um, let's be honest, how many journalists both covering the events and not, um, you know, do betting columns and, and, and bet personally, uh, you know, do, do betting content and all the like. But, but no, no. Um, uh, but th- that being said, you know, hopefully <clears throat> you guys can read between the lines here. But the pot, listen, listen. Just because I might not, you know, want to, or I might want to limit myself from betting a Bellator card that I, you know, I try not to, to, to bet too much outside of UFC, anyways. But yes, a card that I'm covering in person. Um, that doesn't mean Nate Diaz can't bet for me. That's right, folks. We're that's right, folks. We're in the audio episode, so that means we can have a little more fun with the uh, special guest uh, impersonations as I got to break the third wall, fourth wall there, I should say briefly, so I don't get sued there. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, we've seen Nate Diaz make it out here for his his bro, his bro Yancey, and uh, sure enough, guys, uh, I'm going to have a, you know, Nate's going to do my bets for me. You may have seen some bets already logged on my Action Network app. I think if you just search Dan Tom, uh, it should show up there. But, um but yeah, these uh these Nate Diaz bets, and I also have some legit Popadores plays that are small twenty dollar shots. I don't, I'll give you guys those out accordingly. Um, don't take those too seriously. She is a legend. I may give a brief sum up of that, but I really want to push through. We got a lot to get through. But yeah, um, Nate Diaz, he's actually going to be stopping by shortly, and um, he will be talking about the bets that he likes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, and they will be going on my record, and I will be uh, living and dying because, well, you know, what the fuck am I going to do? He's Nate Diaz. What <laughs> the fuck are you going to do, you Korean food motherfucking eating motherfucker? Like, easy, Nate. Jesus Christ. I know you already got in here. All right. I, my grandma's in the other room. <laughs> All right. Easy. Sorry, Papa Doris. <laughs> my apologies. And by the way, it's nothing wrong with eating Korean food. It's, it's a kimchi too restaurant, man. I haven't had it in like eight years. Go easy on me. Yeah, you go easy on the fucking rice bowl there. Tap, tap. <laughs> all right, Nate, thanks. Why don't you go over there until I need you, all right? Go give go give my Popodora some of your edibles or something, man. She's in a lot of pain. Popodora's got some spinal stenosis going on. So aside from just being old and sending me on wild goose chases to like pick up, you know, pastrami sandwiches from places that, like, never serve pastrami sandwiches and just going through that old fuck <laughs> um she no, honestly, uh, she's in she's in a lot of pain and not doing great. So, uh, you know, between the work and um, her just just not doing too great right now, um, it's 
yeah, I've been busy. So uh, I, I actually even have to turn down going out with some homies tonight that I really want to go down. Don't get me wrong. Grateful. Grateful for everything. Grateful to be the family. Grateful to be talking to you guys. But yeah, focusing on work, focusing on family. Like I said, we're trying to be efficient, trying to focus on the, you know, the important stuff, though. Uh, a, a lot of homies close to the heart are out here that I hope to see so uh yeah that that's basically it going down out here my usual coverage of course I, i've come out here for not the last one we had matt erickson and nolan king whose yancey madero's piece just came out on mma junkies youtube you definitely should check that out matt and nolan did a fantastic job was not able to make that hawaii trip but as you all know 2018 and 2019 ones i was here those episodes i kind of went into the history of my family gambling with my my popo doors my grandma she's not your average uh, lady old lady old chinese lady much less um she's in the record books in the united states for 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 women slash uh, women of color even uh, as far as just like uh businesses and uh you know she, she had a very successful businesses in her day and and um, you know, from, from tourism and travel, uh, you know, uh, to miniature, uh, airlines, if you will. So like she, she did, she did some gangster stuff in her day with, uh, flights and whatnot. And, um, on the side, she didn't even need the money. She just loved sports. Again, breaking the stereotypes. She would just have like TVs going and, uh, she'd have a, a phone and take bets and she would be do her own booking and, um, she'd run the tapes I have the notepad next to the phone, and that's where I grew up with me and my cousins being babysitted by her. And then on the weekends, we would set up the card tables for a bunch of people from family members to even, you know, ex-governors of the state would come over and play these illegal blackjack games that were just huge. And my grandma would cook during the daytime, and all us nephews would set up the card tables. So uh, she's a legendary lady. She's uh, in her 90s now, so, you know... Uh, uh, we, uh, we are definitely uh, rooting for her the best, and she she still cleans up now. I you know she she's like cash multiple futures on Pat, uh, on Mahomes uh, NFLs or thing. Um, but yeah, uh, she doesn't know much MMA, but she picked uh, two two bets she wants me to place for her small. So I will give you guys those and more. All right, let's go. Ten minutes in. Shout out to the TumericTonic.com. That's the T U R M E. R-I-C. I always want to go to America. Uh, tonic, T-O-N-I-C, of course. The Turmeric Tonic, of course. My guy D loves uh, a Turmeric Tonic there. Uh, very good stuff. Use code PROTECT15 for 15% off. All right, we are off to the races on that note. Um, I don't have my pop screen, so apologies. I'm trying to keep a decent voice. Also got my grandmother in the next room who's... Uh, in pain and out of sleep so uh, you got the pain waking her up i'm gonna try not my best hopefully that means nate too all right uh, yeah, we'll see about that um and uh yeah let's go to the results we we, we got spanked and uh oh it is a uh, again yeah i just uh, another reason why i say don't get too high and you know uh, again it's all fun it, you know do do your things enjoy yourselves don't don't let my uh, you know curmudgeonly or um, I'm gonna say Asian American because we're, we're stereotypically bad at celebrating our wins don't let anything I say dissuade you but at the same time hopefully you guys can see why I kind of have that attitude because I had that crazy successful night but then I went like over 
like two or three events in a row. I think what like four events in a row losing. Like, um, so the cash I was able to turn out uh, that night, I still have and and did well in that aspect and you know was able to to do good with that money. But I'm talking about as far as my official record goes with my online monies. Um, yeah, any good that I officially did on the record uh, has been has been minus just you know just in a few weeks. Your luck can change that fast. Um, uh, we're gonna go from top to bottom. Uh, Max Holloway cash for us at the top of the card, but my, my again by 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 this time my heart usually gets stomped out and I just kind of lose interest, which is why I just it's 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 true and it's honest. But I'm just like eh, I would prefer not. Um, you know. I do it. I'm grateful to have a job, but at the same time, if, if you know, if, if you're asking me, uh, I think betting kill. You know, it, it makes the enjoyment the highest of highs, but uh, the risk of killing the enjoyment on really good things, I don't think that's really really worth it, and wouldn't recommend it. So when people say I don't bet, I say that's very smart. Um, that being said, it also makes it extra crappy when people are like, yeah, you know, especially after the fact, like, yeah, the best thing to do is is not bet this, and I'm, and they'll say it to me and someone who bet it and lost, and I'm like. <laughs> Thanks. That's news I could have used yesterday. Sorry, bad Adam Sandler, but you, you get what I'm saying. And of course, it's well-meaning, but you know, from my perspective, hard not to, hard not to, hard not to taste a little bit of the sour grapes. Uh, Max Holloway, of course, defeated Arnold Allen. You know, and his decision 49-46, almost across the board. I think he had a 148-47. Uh, drinking some talk story pale ale, by the way. Shout out to Mark Fellows, who already replied to the post. Just he does it all the time, so I had to give him a little tag and a nod. Loyal listener of the program. Um, but yeah, um, this next one hurt too because it was Edson Barbosa defeats Billy Quarantillo, KO knee. And, you know, I'm going off on my, you know, always bet the more proven product veteran at plus money, you know, cash on that big night. Then I get burned, uh, on it going in the next UFC card, even though I knew it could have happened, but I'm like, I'll take these any day. And it's not like I'd ignored that. I stated it both in my writing when I went to re, re, uh, read what I wrote on the fight and I'm sure I said it as well on my breakdown here. Um, you know, again, I've been cashing people, pressuring Barbosa since back in the day now. So it's not like it's anything crazy. And I'm a fan of Barbosa. So it's like one of those things where it's like it's not that I'm mad at Barbosa or the result. Anyway, I'm actually really happy for Barbosa. And you guys know me, very happy for veterans. Uh, but, you know, this was one of the few times where I went big. And I knew it was irresponsible, but I'm like, man. My timeline is filled with so many people betting chalk they shouldn't be betting and them cashing and having no acknowledgement or self-awareness of it. And I'm like, maybe the guy with self-awareness who usually doesn't do those bets, maybe I can get away with it this this one time. And uh, it was not meant to be bad bet by me. And that's not trying to go hindsight or disrespect my guy, Billy Q. I'm not going to be a bandwagoner. Still a Billy Q. Billy Quarantine. Billy Quarantillo. Tampa. Buffalo. Uh, in the house, so uh, I hope Billy Q is okay. Seems to be on good spirits um, on Twitter, uh, better spirits than than most of us. Whether it's about his lost losing losing the uh, the blue check mark, which to me it's freeing. I was already gonna take a break from the place, so I was actually all good with it. Um, but yeah, people are still trying to culture word. But uh, yeah, look to the Billy Quarantellos of the world. He's you know making a joke with a cheeky smile. And again, happy for Barbosa was like the Daryushni, uh, made that read. And uh, yeah, as soon as he came out throwing switch kicks, I knew I was my bet was in trouble, to be honest, even though Billy Q was doing what he, what he needed to do. But um, we talked extensively of the knee and uh, and how that could affect his switch kick and knees and offense coming from that side. 
which was going to be a crucial to a kind of a dipping wrestle boxer guy like Quarantillo. And we talked about that dynamic. I was just banking that it wouldn't be there. And another reason why I should have known, not trying to do the woe is me thing, but let's be honest. Uh, you know, again, when I when I go against the, uh, I'm, I, I spend most of my, and this is another why this is frustrating. I feel like I've spent you know the better part of a decade being the guy having to defend my underdog veteran picks, trying to explain, defend picking a veteran, a more proven veteran at plus money, like pretty much my whole betting career. So when the dogs get by that I actually am not on, which is probably literally only like 10 or 15%. The problem is, and maybe this is just perspective and I'm willing to admit that or accept that, I should say, but, you know, the whole saying you always feel your losses and you forget your wins kind of a deal, and perhaps it's some of that, sure. But it is kind of annoying that not only the... 10% when they hit, of course, they're going to feel annoying. But again, back to having to hear it from feeling like everybody. They always seem like those where everybody's like, oh, who didn't? You know, like people who usually aren't on that train with me, right? Because it's usually a pretty fucking lonely train when you're defending the veterans at plus money. So it seems extra annoying. The ones that I'm not on, everybody's like, how could you not have been on that? I mean, <laughs> and you're just like, hmm. Where were you guys on all the other times when I was on the trains? Win, win or lose, right? Um, so yeah, it's just it's extra annoying for your boy here. Pushing on, Azamat Mirzakhanov defeated Dustin Jacoby. This pick was correct, and I didn't look that crazy again. You guys know me; I'm a big Jacoby fan. He's, he's one of my favorite styles to to kind of bet on, but it's a very dangerous style at this weight. You know, I said the Ma- the Arnold Allen kind of Max Holloway, even though Max Holloway won. Um, well, it's easier to be potent with those uh, punches and moments, and Mirza Kondoff is a is a is a guy who's really potent in those moments. And and the southpaw reads were there. He even crooked his nose um, with the left hand, just like I told you guys with the Chris Camozzi one, right? Remember I said that on the podcast. You got to look back. It's not just submission loss. He's actually tooling him up from the southpaw stance. Camozzi is, and you just see these patterns throughout his career with with the left hands and southpaw stance. Um, we miss a play though. We bet the uh, we bet the under two point five, um, you know, which may sound questionable to some, but you know what? Both guys almost finished each other before the two point five mark. It didn't happen. It's a losing bet, but you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it's not a good bet because it didn't cash. But I don't know how bad of a bet that is. But at the end of the day. It doesn't cash, right? And that's just, just what it is. You know, it just can be one of those nights. And that's the thing. I think, you know, it, it's healthy to kind of realize that, you know, whether it's to make you feel better coming off a loss or whatnot, or like I said, kind of having realistic, you know, uh, kind of having a reality check and some, some, some God forbid, you know, uh, self-awareness um, after a win, you know, um, or, or, or something along uh Something along those lines, realizing how minimum, how volatile these margins really are. You know, really at the end of the day, I don't beat a dead horse with that message. Ewan Kudalaba uh, defeated uh, Tanner Bowser. I didn't watch this too closely. It looked like the Ben Rothwell came Velasquez stoppage. Some people were complaining about it. I had a bet on Bowser to clean up in t- round two and three if it got there. But, you know, just didn't get there. You want Q to lob, but if he's going to win, that's how he's going to win. So, you know, it shouldn't be surprised to anybody, no matter what side you're on on that one. Um, but at the same time, you can't really, you know, come at guys like me who are taking Bozer angles or much less sprinkling small on them, given the volatile nature of cute lava fights. I'm going to turn some air on. I'll be right back, folks. I'm going to let this run because it's right here.
my computer's loud enough uh, anyway, so why the heck not? Um, but yeah, uh, came moving down the card. Pedro Minas defeated uh, Chris Gutierrez. I didn't really watch this one too much. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I can't really say much. I'm sorry about that. Same with half a half a Garcia. He looked like a full Garcia out there. Shout out to my guy Brad Tashchuk for the half a Garcia nickname. But yeah, he looked like a full Garcia out there next to Clay Guida. Gets the decision. Clay Guida tried to get all cheeky with the mic. Bill Aljo defeated TJ Brown by submission. I put a round three flyer on that just because, you know, I keep doing this on Aljo, and he's got way more round two finishes at this point, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But, you know, it was only a minute 40 to get into the next round. You could see the angle that I was going for there. Um... The only bet of the night I think that did cash, aside from Max, was uh, Royville um, Nikolau Under, which was, I think, you know, one of the better bets of the card. Um, a lot of friends were on Royville, and Royville by KO, and I, I honestly thought, you know, I also needed to play Nikolau, because, uh, you know, I felt uh, pretty decent about that, but uh, at the same time, man, I'm a big fan of Royville and his style, so very happy to see him do well. Big fan of his camp. Um, and it was also just kind of crazy. Again, just just shows how crazy it is. Like usually, uh, Nikolau is the counter guy, right? And it was Nikolau getting countered. Um, so yeah, man, I, you know, I, I'm very happy for my friends because I had multiple friends on that KO line. But uh, I was like, okay, maybe Royal can win. But man, going for the KO, huh? I'm like, okay. And th- there it was, man. So massive props to everybody who hit that. Um, Zach Cummings defeated Ed Herman via TKO punches, round three. Yeah, that should stop. Ed Herman knew he was admitting he was getting his ass kicked after the first round. Um, again, again, you know, retirement stuff, right? What was it? Clay Guida. I played Scott Holtzman, which, uh, you know, seemed like a, you know, decent style uh, take. He was favored, you know, I'm sure not for nothing. But um, Scott Holtzman shows up to fight weeks. I'm going to retire. And I'm like, immediately, I was like, oh, great. There goes my bet, and sure enough, you know, and then, okay, you got to hear it for, like, the hundredth time by everybody, you know. Oh, yeah, you never bet on retired fighters. Everybody knows that. Ha, 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 ha. So I'm like, okay, all right, betting community always does these things. And never on my things. Let me go to the dark side. You can't beat them, join them, you know. You know, whether it's fading the old guy or uh, fading the retiring fighter, and, and I go to do that, you know, and, oh, man guy jumping divisions and no 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 and good on zach cummings man it was a apparently a memorable moment i kind of missed this one too so which was unfortunate because it sounded like it was actually right up my alley uh but yeah uh jillian robertson defeated pierre rodriguez uh, say there daniel so Huber defeated lando venata very happy for uh daniel and uh, my guy eric on that one denise gomes defeated bruno Bissell. uh gaston bolanos defeated uh Aaron Phillips and Jocelyn Edwards defeated Lucia Pujlova, Lucy Puddle of Love. Um, yeah, I don't got much to say about that one. All right. 2306. Was it like 10 11? All right. And belly. All right, we're going to push on to Bellator Hawaii. So it's been awesome. Uh, missed the open workouts, but was there for media day and weigh-ins. A lot of interesting stuff for today's weigh-ins. Of course, Bellator uh, 294 is headlined by Liz Carmouche and what was supposed to and still is halfway a title fight uh, as Liz Carmouche minus 550 uh, looks to defend against the... Oh, she's minus 400. 
It's the plus 350. Um, Deanna Bennett and the rematch from uh, their fight uh, a few fights ago for each of them, roughly. Um, Deanna Bennett, uh, of course, cites a hamstring injury that happened in the second round um, as to why she was uh, submitted for the second time in her career. Um, she's also been injured in fights before, like in her last fight and her rematch with Justine Key. She was able to still win that one, but was not able to wrestle. Um, and, uh, you know, not to pile on, but she's missed weight at multiple weight classes before. It's clearly been an issue for her. Um, and uh, she, uh, despite being in great spirits and, you know, making a, uh, quite the deep throat jokes with Mike <laughs> on media day, making sure we were awake, which I appreciate, not hating. I'm a weirdo myself, so not gonna hate on someone else for being a weirdo, <laughs> right? But um, but yeah, man, she uh, had a you know rough time on the scales. Tr tried three attempts and and still couldn't get to. Uh, Would have missed if it was a regular bout. One twenty six point two, I believe, was the final where she got to. Um, and you know, uh, it was funny. Liz and Alima were talking, and me and Matt Erickson were like, "What if they wanted to like just." you know have them fight instead but you couldn't do it for free so does Liz kind of hold out and reweigh in tomorrow and they move the fight over um you know and uh um that that wasn't really being entertained by Bellator officials let's just say but <laughs> um according to Liz herself her and Alima actually talked about it like we should just fight because Liz her thing was she trained to defend her title and she's kind of just and I'm not saying it in a bad way um, I, I get it or at the very least understand it and I'm very sympathetic to these fighters especially on the way and day and the emotions of a fight week but she uh, yeah she's like I came to pretty much defend my title you can see the exclusive interview there on MMA Junkie uh, uh, that we got earlier but um, yeah and she was just like uh, I want to hurt her and retire her and uh, punish her and da 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 and, and uh, I'm just thinking in my head uh, I'm glad that uh, Nate Diaz bet the inside the distance at plus 135 for one unit isn't that right Nate what oh uh, yeah fucking sure inside the dick yeah that's that's it's me sure yeah Nate are you rolling one over there what it's uh, shh, shh, don't break the fourth wall Dan if that's considered it, but all right. I'll let you focus over there anyways. Nate's got a unit on Carmouche inside the distance, plus 135. Um, you know, and, and that's going to be my pick, too. Um, you know, Carmouche is, is very strong, so is Deanna. And Carmouche was pretty honest, you know. She was like, I'm not going to know how strong Deanna is, truly, because she missed a weight as well for that fight that they, they fought. So you get that. You get, you know, the, the heavier fighter while they're still fresh early that she had to deal with. And then you also have the injury, which kind of clouds the sample size, right? So I appreciated Liz's honesty there. But looking at their styles um, and their focuses, um, I just feel like Liz is, is just going to be that much more uh, physical and more more skilled there. Even though Bennett is um, does get, uh, you know, Underrated for her scrappiness in uh, in closed quarters, but yeah, nah, I'm, I'm not I'm not really seeing it. Um, no offense to her, of course. Um, going down. 
classified odds, of course, like cramps everything together, which is great on my eyes. Um, Saeed Soma, minus 190. Uh, Timmy Johnson, plus 155. What did Soma? <laughs> I just got done watching some tape on him, and uh, I don't know, he's a self-admitted slow starter. He looks like a, you know, undersized, like, Yagji Muradov uh, type, of, type of dude. Um, at light, at, well, heavyweight, actually, but he looks, you know, yeah, he looks like, you know, he could make maybe light heavyweight. All they talk about is his swimming on commentary, that he's a swim at 210 pounds. Like, are we, are we that desperate that we're searching for, for, for stuff? We're talking about swimming. The dude opened as a underdog, and the line is flipped, um, which could justify a play if you like the other side on Tim Johnson, a.k.a. shout out to the MMA Analysis Podcast, Timmy Big Dick. Um... <laughs> I think one time I submitted that name for my staff picks. I was just up so late and delirious, and nobody on the staff picks uh, listens. No offense, but I listen to that podcast. And just see that name pop up, like, Jesus. Um, although it's funny, I, I do miss being a part of staff picks because I used to, like, sneak in, like, uh, you know, uh, funny nicknames slash MMA analysis style nicknames. And then sometimes some people would copy and paste my picks in the staff, and I could always tell who was copying and ripping my picks because they wouldn't like proofread it close enough. <laughs> they would end up like using one of the stupid names that I used and perpetuating it, which is great. Um, but yeah, I'm actually gonna go with Tim Johnson. Surprise, surprise. Um, Soma, uh, let me see. Did he face a southpaw? Uh, he's gotten hit with a lot of left hands. Is what something I was noticing, and. Um, I think just the physicality and the clinch. I was he, he's defense. His defense is much better. But as far as offense goes, um, I don't think the offense, much less obviously the size. And even though he's quote unquote cleaner and maybe you know maybe more technically sharper looking than Johnson, uh, Johnson's um, his strikes still look impactful, even though they're not pretty. And I think that. Even if Johnson doesn't land clean, his shots can still speak really loud to the judges against a guy who's a little more clean, a little more of a counter guy, uh, a little more of a low-volume guy, and a self-admitted slow starter. That is Soma, who was the original underdog. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take uh, Tim Johnson here. And Hey, Nate, do you want to play Tim Johnson? I fucking Timmy Big Dick Dog. Oh, shit, what's he at? It's number. I'm trying to look it up now, Nate. Um, bear with me. Bear with me. Nick, why are they calling the bears? You hang out at certain clubs, or Nate? We're not going down that road. And it's okay if he. It's okay. Yeah, I, I don't think he does, but it's okay if he did, man. Jude, probably even more of a Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Johnson fan. <laughs> wow, Tim, Timmy Big Dick plus one forty-five. Wow. Nate, how much you got in your account? You want to uh, you want to lay in that? You want to you want to lay a, little, a, a small percentage of there? Is it is it worth a shot? Um, it is heavyweight MMA after all, you know. Uh, he's performing in front of the military, support you know supporting the troops. You might feel that energy or something. What do you say, T Tim Johnson? Huh? Um, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll see about that. Um, all right. Uh, 
Yeah, my, my lace and Tim Johnson, some Southpaw love dogs, Southpaw underdogs stick together. All right, well, well, we'll see about that. Stay tuned to see if that ends up on my record per Nate Diaz. So, uh, all righty, let's go down to the next fight here. Um, and we got, yeah, Sarah Machman, minus 200 versus Arlene Blanco, plus 160. What did this one open as? Yeah, he opened a little wider, some money coming in on Blanco. Um, which makes sense, you know, she uh, was able to, you know, not win, obviously, in a rematch with Cyborg, but survive. And, you know, maybe the thought there is she survives against McMahon. McMahon's not used to carrying the extra weight. And, um, you know, tires out toward the end there and lets someone back in the fight. We've seen that happen, right? So, I don't blame you there. Um, I just want to stay away from this fight. Uh, I liked what McMahon had to say. Um, she was all smiles, uh, you know, um, let's see how much of the discomfort she felt had to do with weight cuts and the discomfort that she was telling me about in her in, in media day this week as far as uh, how she would start to feel as the fight got deep into it um, after making these cuts later on to 135. This is, of course, at featherweight, so uh, curious to see how McMahon performs here. We got Danny Sabs, Danny Sabatello, minus 400. Marcus Breno, plus 300. Um, yeah, uh, this is a big test for just, uh, you know, Breno as far as, you know, a, a step up for him, a chance to, for him to put himself on the map. Looks like a very much like a Leandro Higo type, you know, a tight-wound uh, Nova Anyao counter-strike uh, guy who can, you know, punch over the jabs, who can work the body. He's got a nice left hook. Um, just looks athletic as athletic as all heck. Um, can be taken down, which is why I'm going towards Sabatello here. But looks like he's got some decent scrambling when he wants to. Uh, wish I could find more footage on him or have time to go over and find more footage on him. But from what I did see enough of, uh, I, I, I figured I'm going with Sabatello. But I did kind of get scared because uh, on, on my guy Nate's behalf here. Because uh, Nate, tell him what you did. I fucking made me not to put Sabatello in a three-leg parlay with Kai Kamaka and Alice Carmouche. Uh, why Sabatello? Why not Medeiros? Like, we'll get to that fight in a second, but, like, he's a favorite, you know? That's pretty high. Why don't you just parlay him? Yeah, dog, I'm not really thinking straight. Yeah, clearly, Nate. Um... So why don't you tell him what I recommended uh, as a as a potential hedge? Because that paid out, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought it paid out plus one twenty nine, but it was a, it was the pilot you did. Um, so maybe that's all for not. But I did realize that all I gotta do is put twenty nine on Brando's money line plus three fifty, and it's a potential hedge. I dig that. I mean, if, if Carmouche wins inside the distance, thanks to your bet, that, that hedges your parlay, Nate, right? The plus 135, uh, that covers uh, the, the parlay and the, uh, the the Breno hedge, right? So we could make it up there, too. So that's not bad. Or, you know, hey, we can make it up, uh, you know, uh, with a potential hedge if uh, Breno wins there, too. Um, you know, you know uh, I like the Kamaka leg. We'll get to that there in a second. All right, pushing on, Nate. Thank you. Um, I was just watching some tape on this one. Levancho Kelly minus 200. Michael Lombardo plus 165. 
nothing you should be betting on, nothing I went too deep on, but from what I did see, um, Chokeli doesn't go southpaw enough to trouble Lombardo, who has lost to a southpaw before in Kyle Dawkins. Um, but left hands uh, have hit and rocked Chokeli on multiple occasions, and Lombardo's got a, a decent uh, left hook that he likes to throw and his knock guys out with. Uh, also has uh, stopped guys with leg kicks. And um, for some reason, I think I always think he wrestles, but I'm pretty sure he comes from a football and just athletics background, just works with a lot of wrestlers at American Top Team. Uh, but, yeah, I'm actually going to go uh, left hook knockout. Uh, it's going to be my pick f- uh, for Lombardo. That's at plus 650. Uh, Lombardo K. Okay. I'm not playing it, just saying. I, I did peek, peek at that uh, if you're curious. I'm good, Dad. I'm good. All right. Um, yeah, I don't really got anything on Kenneth Cross, Keyless Mota, uh, Terrell Fortune minus 120. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That guy scares me Scares me off. I'm actually picking Sergey. Uh, why always Boris? Boris. Why always Boris? Um, Nikita Krylov was uh, in a. Looks like he's out here to be in Sergey's corner, and it was funny because uh, Bert uh, Watson. For those of you old school UFC fans, we rolling, yeah. Um, he's given his like kind of Dana White speech to the fighters, and it's it's awesome to hear, you know. And it's great because I'm looking at like Nikita Krylov, who's like a UFC, you know, vet at this point, right? And he's probably remembering back in the day before Reebok, while Bert Watson was still working there. You know, going, oh, I remember these. I remember these. Everyone loved Burt, man, and for good reason. So it was really cool to see Burt Watson doing his thing out here. Um, Chris Lencioni, Miss Wait, was kind of chatting with us. He's like, it's sweating, coming off. He was talking to us. Like, he's like, I think I'm done. I think I'm going up to 55. He's bigger than I re- I was telling him, I'm like, Chris, you're bigger than I, th- I realized you were, like, on TV in person. I'm like, I know 55ers are giant. I'm not saying you'd be big up there, but you wouldn't be small. Uh, and he missed by like seven pounds. And Blake Smith, um, and let's see, he's like, I heard my opponents make was going to have a tough time making weight, but now he's he's late. He's trying to make it because he wants my money, you know. And uh, Lencioni weighed in at one fifty two point something for a featherweight bout, right? Just ridiculous miss. And Blake Smith only misses by I think point point uh, six or point four. <laughs> That's all he Yeah, point four he misses by. And uh, he's going to make a second attempt. He really wants it bad, just like Lencioni warned us about. And, like, you can't blame him, right? Like, holy crap. That's, that's, he, could, he could for sure get at least like 30% there, right? And um, he comes up again, and the guy goes 145 or 146, so he makes it. Because it's not a championship bout. He needs to make 146. And. I don't know who else caught it, but the media guy next to me, like, I don't even think he meant to, like, rat him out. It was just such a small room that you couldn't help but hear him. And it was, I think the guy just had one of those auto reactions where, like, you're talking to the TV. You know, that's what it seemed like. It didn't seem like he was, like, maliciously trying to rat the guy out. But he kind of, like, I don't know if his hand goes up in points, but he goes, towel, hand on the towel. The DC. And um, Blake Smith hears him and makes direct eye contact with him and puts the hand up. And as that is happening, as he's putting his hand up and releasing, the guy is looking down the uh, commission official and reads the, the weight as 146 that he made it. So the guy gets off the scale. Burt Watson doesn't see any of that. 
he just hears the 146 so Burt Watson announces to the mic 146 baby you did it congratulations everyone's cheering like I'm feeling good for the guy because you could just I've been there man like you could just see the not pro fighter but like yes cutting weight for fighting or grappling both um, you could just see the relate uh, the relief on his face right and all of a sudden and again the guy next to me who said something initially he didn't say anything after that but I don't know if the commission people reading the scale heard him or they noticed it too, but there was commotion over there and they were the ones that actually called him back and said, no, 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 we need you to weigh in again without putting your hand on the towel. And he looked pissed, man. He looked over at the dude next to me. <laughs> dude, he's gonna wanna kill you, man. Especially after what happened next because he goes back on the scale and sure enough, he... Uh, <laughs> He misses. He weighs the exact same. Nothing came off. 146.4 that he initially came in at. So it was a towel trick. And I won't say he, the guy next to me, but if someone didn't say anything, that dude would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those meddling media members. Holy crap. I was like, listen, man. Um... I'm I'm very sympathetic. I didn't I didn't say nothing. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, <laughs> Oof. Uh, Anthony Adams came out with his usual attire. He's plus two hundred uh, against Sharaf. Uh, something something minus two fifty. Had no opinions on that one. All right, that fight. Uh, that card is done. Forty one. Two ninety four over. All right, we're gonna go over to Bellator. 295, which is uh, headlined by uh, Patrick Mix, Patchy Mix, minus 130, Rafian Stotts, plus 105. Stotts actually opened as the favorite, and the line flipped, um, which part of me bums me out because I ended up leaning toward the uh, Mix side, but it's probably, you know, uh, again, it's better that I don't bet, and I think it's better that even Nate doesn't bet this fight. What if I want to bet this fight, motherfucker? Um, well, Nate, let's just, let's just, let's end on a good night, all right? Let's end on a... I mean, another good night, no matter what. <laughs> you know what I'm okay, I get you, Nate. I'm just saying that from a betting perspective, okay? So, um, and it's tough because, you know, I don't want to say there's bias here. I, I still got to talk to my guy, Eric Nixick, who, uh, you know, may or may not was going to meet up with tonight. But um, I know he's out here, obviously, for, 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 for Kaiboy and whatnot. But uh, he's obviously got a good relationship with Stotts. Stotts got a good relationship with him. But Mix also <laughs> trains out at the gym. Uh, Mix came out here with uh, his guys, as well as uh, you know more, more unheralded coaches you don't hear of from often, uh, from Extreme Couture like Nate Pettit. So is it one of those deals where the coaches split up, or the coaches split up and help but don't corner, or it's just everybody's professional and is cool uh, and can be mature about it and corner against each other? Uh, none of which would surprise me, of course, uh, with the people all involved. But yeah, um, you know. Uh, not that I'm the inside info type, but no, I, I haven't been watching Patchy Mix train. But yes, yeah, you yeah, obviously there, there, there's a lot of you know good talk. Uh, he's been there doing the work, um, and it's been kind of showing with his results. You know, again, you look at the time, you know, early 2021s to 2020s and stuff when people kind of accrue these losses. I'm much more sympathetic. You don't know what was going on with gyms and whatnot. Patchy Mix was definitely dealing with that. Um, and he just sounds much more mature, you know, too, as well. Talking to him, I noticed this week as well. Rafael Stotts, I always love talking to him. I, I actually am a really big fan of just his personality, his confidence. Um, it doesn't r rub me any way in the slightest except good. 
Uh, big Rafian Stotts fan. I love this guy's energy. So anybody that wants to bet Rafian Stotts, uh, I feel like he is the deserved favorite. Although he shouldn't have been as high, uh, or he shouldn't be he shouldn't be shouldn't be a high favorite, which he wasn't, and it flipped anyways. But the fact that it flipped, you know, you don't know anybody explanation if you want to play the plus money. Um, hopefully that was what you got on either side of this matchup was the plus money if you are going to play it. Uh, but basically I ended up going with Mix even though um, Stotts could you know maybe prove that he is a kryptonite by using his wrestling to keep it on the feet and southpaw for southpaw trains with excellent southpaws like eve edwards stats was scolding me he's like don't give away the game plan man um uh, the goods as far as the southpaw for southpaw stuff but he digs the matchup the problem is when i was watching sabatello wrestle him i know sabatello Obviously, much more higher accoladed wrestler um, than Patchy Mix, but uh, as far as wrestling in your frame and Styles making fights, um, we saw that Sabatella was able to force back exposures, uh, front headlock thing, uh, series. Uh, now, Sabatello wasn't as skilled of a chain grappler, submission, gra chain, uh, submission grappler, slash submission chain grappler, slash criteria savvy grappler as far as adding in enough strikes which is something that I asked him about and he said he's going to make it and make it much more of a point to be offensive from positions we'll see how that translates because we still got to see what his proclivities are perhaps he's still finding out that himself right um so no hate there just calling it for what it is and uh and yeah but the fact that he was able to expose those positions and we know what patchy mix does from those positions it makes it really tough uh for me to look around that so uh yeah I'll, I'll be siding with patchy mix there Aaron Pico, uh, minus 700, plus 500, James Gonzalez. James Gonzalez, short-notice opponent. Obviously, I'm picking Pico here. He looks big, man, uh, strong. Um, I don't know if he kind of, like, has a kind of a stiff tightness about him, like, in general. Um, you know, um, and if that's just how he is. And, again, we talk about playing near edges, and a lot of the on-the-beat journalists, they have an edge over me, and many of us, uh, the fact that they see these fighters over and over again, uh, fielding the same questions over and over again so they have a nice well of sample size to build off of and this could be one of those things where maybe Pico's always like this I'm not trying to spread information or put too much into it but he just looks really tight man he's really he's making a you know he sounds like he was saying a lot of the right things that I like as far as focusing more on drilling and training smarter and you know I asked him if he was training more like a veteran despite still being young because let's be honest you know We've already seen some injuries, and he's got more miles than his MMA career would uh, represent, uh, obviously. And he agreed with that, and he's he's drilling and this and that, but he's still, you know, making another another uh, you know fairly fast turnaround from a from an injury. So that, there's something there. Um, also, a complete different stance, southpaw. From Pico's scouting, it sounds like a check hooker with some good kicks, which would make sense because from his own camp, uh, which is Ray Longo and Sarah, is that he's more of a submission guy uh, anyways, um, which would make sense. And you're like, well, why does he have uh, technically one more KO than he does have a submission off the top of my head on his record? Well, I think it's three KOs, two submissions. If you look at it, like two of those are like one of the two of those are like injuries and doctor stoppages, you know, and then I think it's like early in his career is the other one. And maybe like, he got the guys back and forced to stoppage. You know what I'm saying? So you got to take that in for, for account. And, uh, you know, the guy's training with Ray Longo Jiu-Jitsu. What? Actually, it's Matt Sarah, who's Gracie uh, from, from your, technically from your clan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. What? Um, but, yeah, uh, 
so he's a submission guy. Um, obviously, I'm going to be picking Pico, but the value, just because it's MMA and, you know, the way Pico fights, we've seen go before, even though the guy's undeniably talented. I don't wish him anything ill, but, you know, things can happen. So you're going to hang a plus 14 submission on James Gonzalez. I put point seventeen. I didn't put uh, Nate put. Uh, Nate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Nate put point seventeen U on that. All right, next fight. Um, Kyoji. Oh, Kyoji. Oh, I forgot Pedo Sean. Pedo Connery loves Kyoji Horiguchi. Speaking of a perfect return to the audio episode, hello, Kyoji. How are you liking Hawaii, Kyoji? Did you imagine how awkward that would have been if I asked questions like that? He actually speaks, I understand, pretty good English at this point, training so much at American Top Team, hanging out with Mikey Brown. Of course, he meets Ray Borg, plus 190. Borg, weird sample sizes, you know, up at 135 out of the UFC. Um, but even his last UFC fight, despite the loss, looked good. Showed some improvements in the boxing, in the pocket, the triggers, the left hooks. Really interesting stuff. But I don't suggest that he hooks with Horiguchi. And, um, you know, uh, could he backpack Horiguchi? I think he could. But, you know, is he going to be able to keep it up consistently? Um, I don't know. I think this fight could be much more competitive uh, than the line uh, leads on in the sense that it could maybe look more like a pick'em. And if that's the case, you know, you're more than justified to sprinkle on Borg, especially if you can get two to one out there. Um, but I'm probably going to be picking Kyoji Horiguchi despite, uh, you know, um, liking how Borg sounds, Borg sounds, but, you know, going back down to 125, that's the elephant in the room, right? That's the elephant in the room. Uh, all right. Um, Charlie Leary versus Yancey Medeiros. Yancey minus 400. Leary plus 300. I haven't looked at anything on this one. Um, Nate, can you tell us anything about Yancey? Nate. Nate's sleeping. All right, sorry, guys. He ain't got shit. Um, next, we got Mads Burnell minus 105. Justin Gonzalez minus 115. Is, it, is this one finally flipping, too? My guy Mads, of course, I'm extremely biased here, so of course I'm going to be picking Mads over Justin Gonzalez. Justin Gonzalez, uh, action fighter from what I recall, um, definitely deserves respect. Not hating there, but you know, going to back my guy Mads, and may have to may have to uh, have Nate back him at the betting window if he goes to plus money, right, Nate? Uh, yeah, boxing Mads, he's tight. Mads is tight. All right, Nate, it's pretty late for you too. I'm tired too. Let's get through this. I still got an article to fucking read, and while you're probably just making papers with my, you know, marijuana fruit roll-ups with my papers over there, Nate. Uh, Kai Kamaka minus. 270, 250, plus 200 on Adley Edwards. Yeah, I haven't looked at Kai's opponent, to be honest. Uh, I just kind of, uh, you know, let uh, Nate Diaz blind bet him in a parlay. But what do you expect, right? It's the Hawaiian bias that Nate Diaz has. What the fuck are you talking about? Nothing, Nate. Um, Let's go to, let's go to Sumiko Inaba, I'm sure. Yeah, let's go to Sumiko now. Don't be creepy, Nate. Uh, minus 135. We are taking men, sir. Uh, Vita Ortega. Uh, plus 110, the female Diego Sanchez. Yeah, this line hasn't moved much. I don't blame it. Um, uh, it's very dangerous trap fight. The hot new... Uh, um, well, I don't want to say that. In this case, it is an attractive female, but... I, you know, I would say the new hotness for I usually use that for like contender series, and I'll I'll, I'll say that for men too. But 
yeah, it definitely sounds a little too on the nose here. But uh, yeah, it just it just feels like an on the nose trap fight. Uh, I'll probably pick C- uh, Sumiko Inaba. Uh, I, I dig her. Um, but you guys know me. I got respect for Vita Ortega too. I've 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 uh, I've bet Vita Ortega the betting window a time, or maybe two. I don't know. Um, Keone Diggs, of course, got to have Keone Diggs on a Bellator Hawaii card minus uh, 185. Weber Almeida plus 115. No strong opinion there. Big dig. Uh, um, yeah, by the way, I don't think I'll be posting picks or plays because of uh, maybe I will for UFC, but uh, not for for Bellator for for obvious reasons. Um, Bobby King, we got two Bobby Kings, right? Jesus Christ. Uh, there's Alan Cruz, Alan Cruz plus 100, Bobby King minus 120. No opinions there. Uh, me and Nate will be staying away from that fight. Davion Franklin minus 400. Kasim Raz, no opinions on these ones. But go watch them weigh in tomorrow. So I want to get through this so I can get some sleep. Uh, Bruno Allen. Uh, yeah, I don't got any opinions on the rest of them. All right, what did that leave us for that one? 52-39. Not bad for that card there. All right, UFC 70, Vegas 71, UFC Fight Night Pavlovich versus Blades. Um UFC Fight Night 222 or 23? What are we on here? Oh, what are we on? UFC Fight Night 22 is on heavyweights because it's always big guys. Three middleweight announcements, only one featherweight. Do, 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 yeah, that, that announcement today, I was like, oh, God. Three middleweight fights, huh? Um, all right. Yeah, we got, uh, of course, we got uh, Curtis Blades as your favorite, uh, minus 165, plus 140 on Sergey Pavlovich. Blades opened wider, money coming in on Pavlovich. I get it. Potent dog. People are probably on the wrong side of him. A bit of that FOMO where they sneak up on you. Um, I, of course, have been on the right side of Pavlovich. Um, even when he's lost, picking over him. Uh, so I've, I've had a really good record for both picking, playing, even like talking about cage positioning on where Pavlovich is going to win. That being said, despite being a guy who has picked knockout guys to beat Blades before, despite big, even bigger odds when I picked Derek Lewis to knock out Curtis Blades, um, not taking Pavlovich here, taking Blades here. He's been standing more, and which could be very troublesome here. He jabs from both stances, and Pavlovich's. When I say he works well off the jab, maybe I didn't articulate it well in my article. It's not that he has a a good jab, and I'm not saying that he has a bad, a terrible, awful jab either that he never uses. He does have one that he uses. But what I mean, what I mean by when I say that Pavlovich works well off the jab is that he. Um, works well at countering off of his opponent's jab. So that's going to be something really dangerous for Blades. That being said, I do think Blades is smart enough to grapple. I do think that the small cage will encourage him to grapple if Pavlovich's stupid power is not enough encouragement as is. And I do fear, again, being on the wrong side of the obvious wrestler and more proven product. Um... You know, and your guy that you bet on and picked is getting out wrestled, and everybody's I told you so. And we've all been there, folks. Okay, at one time or another, that definitely don't want that either. Um, but Pavlovich could score a knockout. He does have nice, crazy, weird little short hooky punches, uh, devastating uppercut. Right. Um, so what I actually ended up doing is laying the chalk on the under 1.5, which is something I never do. 
chalk on totals, much less unders, much less under 1.5. It's very much not my style. Perhaps for that reason, I may lose it. But this is my bet, not yours, Nate, right? Uh, if I can take that bet back. Um, I got uh, Blades Pavlovich under 1.5, 1 point, uh, minus 142. Uh, 1.42 units to win one unit is the bet there. I didn't really take anything else. Um, impromptu main event now, or co-main event, I should say, bumped up. Brad Tavares minus 160. Bruno Silva plus 130. This is a, a fight that's creeping me out, man. I, you guys know me. Uh, stated uh, bias, extreme couture bias, Hawaiian from extreme couture bias, but especially a guy like Brad I've been covering for years now. You know, um, good dude, friendly dude, always nice at the gym, always nice in Junkie Radio Studio, tailed me on a couple pets, helped <laughs> back when it was before any of this stuff. I don't, I don't, none, none of that. It was a long time ago. I think it was like a Russell Doan bet or something, something randomly sketchy too. I was like sweating it once I found out, you know. <laughs> When I find out bigger people are telling me for bigger money. But, um, but yeah, I definitely got to state my bias there. But, man, let's be honest. Brad Tavares is, is ridiculously, not just overlooked, but borderline, arguably, easily arguably, I could say, disrespected by the public, betting public, pundits, analysts alike, right? He just doesn't get a lot of love. He's very consistent, not flashy, doesn't get finishes. People will say, oh, he's been around, but he hasn't really gotten finishes, not realizing, I know middleweight, not the strongest division, but still... Being around that long is really tough to do in MMA, much less the UFC, and the motherfucker has done it. You've got to give respect to that kind of stuff, you know. He's not Ed, Ed the Iron Man Herman yet, but, you know, he's, he's getting up there, man, especially with the, those guys retiring. What? He, he's right there. The guy had to grow up in the UFC. Bruno Silva coming off a really bad performance, you know, to GM3. Let's not take away from GM3. GM3 did a lot of good stuff in that fight that he deserves credit for. You guys know me. I'm still a big GM3 fan. I'm not a Fairweather fan as far as that goes. Still got love for GM3, baby. But uh, let's be honest. If we were to find out that Bruno Silva wasn't 100% in that fight or something was wrong, would you really be surprised? Not trying to take away from GM3. All fighters go into fights, you know, not well and whatnot. But, uh, you know, is that is that is that something that would surprise you? And it wouldn't surprise me, right? So the fact that not only are people not fading Tavares like I originally thought and almost planned for, because I was going to just lay the money line on him straight, which maybe I should still do at this rate, close enough to my playable chalk. We'll talk about the exposure I ended up going with and how I'm trying to combat that, um, or how I can possibly combat that, I should say. Um, but yeah, money actually came in on Tavares. Not a lot, only like 30 cents or so. But again, this feels like it should be closer to a pick'em fight. I agree that Tavares should be favored, but the movement is kind of sketching me out here. Um, I, I got Tavares, of course, all day to pull away with jabs and leg kicks. Um, if it does come to grappling, he can hold his own, even though he doesn't grapple as much as maybe I or others would like, uh, sure. But I think he can hold his own there. If Silva does try to flip the squip and go to his more semi-newer acquired Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to do well there if he tries that. Um, so I'm going to have Tavares by decision. Bruno Silva, you know, he could finish him. We've seen the random finishes from the Tim Bosch, the Edmund Shabazians. Um, and then, of course, Robert Whitaker, which is uh, less random. But you know what I'm saying? The point is, he fought that long. That's not that bad. And you consider, you know, everything he went, you know, 
which makes sense why he, 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 he tired. He was talking about his nose breaking and dealing with some injuries in that second round in the third Reich is Duplessis fight, um, which would make sense, you know. And now that we're also learning that third Reich is kind of can just – he's not really gassing. He just breathes funny, and he's just super awkward, and it's just, just what he does, right? A little more understandable. Um even look at his fight with Izzy going five rounds and all the stuff that he came in with, the injuries and all the injuries that he acquired in the fight and how he still pushed through. So, you know, you could point to those, what, two or three stoppages all you like, but the fact is the guy is showing his mettle and uh, chin, toughness, heart, all that, and then some in a bag of chips um, more times than he's been ever been stopped. So uh, I think both these guys are durable, which I think is why the over is a solid play, especially if you're taking a shot on the silver side and you want some type of hedge. Um, or, again, I can still justify it as a bit of a hedge because I think Silva's potent for a decision um, with his impactful strikes, right? And Brad Tavares, we've seen, you know, um, despite tough wine chin and wine toughness, like, you know, you hit him in the nose, he'll bleed his nose, or you hit him in the eye, you can still cut. He's a human at the end of the day, right, folks? So um, let's not get too carried away with stereotypes there. You could easily see, you know, uh, one of those things where Brad wins the minutes, but then the moments go to silver, right? So give me the over at plus 105, plus money, uh, 2.5, over 2.5 rounds, one unit. And then I ended up putting Tavares in a play with uh, parlay with Bobby Green, uh, plus 129. Don't got to pick how they win. Spoiler alert for the Bobby Green flight. And, you know, uh, that 29 extra covers that 29 we spent on that, uh, or Nate spent on the Brennell money line for a potential hedge there as well. So that's all I got, what Tavares is attached to. Speaking of Bobby Green, got him in some two, two-way parlay action there. Minus 275 over Jared Gordon, plus 210. I don't know who shared it, if it was Jared Gordon himself. It was like a super bad picture of like a veiny penis, and it just said Jared Gordon. And uh, I was like, oh, that should be his T-shirt. That'd be awesome. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jared Gordon, his message, um, you know, even his gritty fight style. Um, that being said, trying to take down Bobby Green is t- is is a bad move. It's like uh, same with Brad Tavares. Like, these guys are very underrated with their takedown defense. And even though they get crapped on for going to decision, um, they will pour on guys that are, you know, that whether they – try to power punch too much or try to take down too hard too early and blow their wad they'll, they'll pile on to those guys as the fight goes on uh, Bobby Green's the same way Bobby Green round three and decision lines if you have those I, I don't I have even less lines this week folks because um, I couldn't even do my round robin because uh, I realized that my bet MGM doesn't work out here in Hawaii so my limited ass is even more limited this week which is also why I shot a little bit more fun plays and had Nate and you know my Popadores throw in some plays wink wink nudge nudge if you know what I mean because uh, we had a little bit more to play with with the bankroll uh, in that regard um, but yeah I think Bobby Green takes this I don't want to stress picking a method I don't have the cool options like most of y'all do as far as picking a method so I think he's just a, a solid parlay piece uh, but in case Tavares does fall and you know we have the over there for insurance but in case that falls too and this doesn't make up both those, but it at least makes up one, and you hope you get the other made up by some of the other bets, right, in the grand scheme of things. But uh, I also paired up uh, Bobby Green with somebody else uh, for another plus money two-legger. So if Green fails, then two parlays go down the hole, right? Not good, but I don't know, I like, you know me, I like Green. And his 60K get up. Oh, this talk story pale, brother. Um, all right, we got 
Brogan, Joe Rogan, Walker, Texas Ranger, plus 275. Yasmin Lucindo, plus 350. Yeah, watch a little bit back on these. It's funny. Like, yeah, Brogan Walker is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Uh, Lucindo just got her purple belt, but we saw what purple belt uh, Juliana Keller Miller just did to um, just did to her, uh, and that was not a that was not a great look. I know Brogan Walker's been around for a while. Um, she got some deceptive wins, but if you go to those wins, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've called those out in the podcast before. Even shouted out friend of the show Drake Riggs for his lone scorecards, which made me feel less crazy in those Maverick uh, Walker Sanchez fights. Um, I suspect her size has done a lot for her, but she doesn't really train with too many high-level partners, so maybe that explains the level of overall slash even the surprising grappling chops. I know rankings aren't everything, but, you know, uh, it's surprising. Uh, Lucindo, really aggressive, can scramble back to her feet really well, uh, good off the counter. Even when she's hurt, she will swing back as well as, but also still be smart enough to close distance and clinch. Go for takedowns that I suspect will work on Brogan Walker Sanchez, seeing what has taken her down before. Um, I'm tempted to go uh, Lucindo round two or round three to see what those are, actually. Um, let's see. Lucindo, round two. Plus 800. What did it open as? Uh, it's hard to tell with these motherfucking lines out there. List them. Uh, Lucindo, round three. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I sprinkle uh, twenty-five ducats each on uh, on that, or or twenty bucks each on that. I don't want to see again. That's actually maybe not that bad of idea. And hopefully, you come out with a unit, and you don't gotta sweat a method. Um, as long as she finishes in those two rounds, um, could be easily a very easily a decision as well. Um, but again, we're looking at minus three fifty, and we can take plus eight hundred and plus eleven hundred shots. Um. I, I, don't, I was actually thinking about playing this earlier, and I just my head's in like a billion different places, so I probably left it on the kitchen counter, so to speak. I'm gonna go see what uh, I can get right now on this. If I can go twenty up three. Sorry, guys. Try not to get too close to the mic on this. Cindo round two, seven fifty and tenth. Let's see what I can do there. Oh, it's 20 there. Oh, it's 150. So that's 130 if it cashes. If you minus the 20 that's exposed for round three, which pays 200. Just 180 if that cashes, if you include the 20 you spent for round two. Bucket. Let's go. Round two, round three, baby. Boom. Dunzo. All right. I could add that to the fucking list now. Jesus Christ. Um... Lucindo, round two, plus 750, 20, U, round three, plus 1,000. Of course, I didn't get as good a number as that was listed, which is the huge, all good. I still like the math that I just did aloud for you all. Um, took that on uh, Schmidt Online. Um, all right. Where are we? Where are we? Jeremiah was a bullfrog. 
was a good friend of mine. He fought Matthew Samuel's burger, and it's time as fantasy. Fantasy Jewish Fight League this Sunday, 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 swinging on Shabbat. <laughs> uh, Saturday, I should say. Uh, Samuel's burger, Fantasy Jewish Fight League. Uh, uh, um, man, Semi the Jedi. Both these guys actually showed. They were able to knock their opponents down with extended shifting combos, shifting into a southpaw stance. Jeremiah throwing the left and knock McGee out. Uh, Semmelsberger throwing a nice uh, right on multiple occasions to knock Matthews down. Really impressive. How much of that with Matthews going flaky, where he both looks like a juggernaut sometimes, like the Li Jing Lang or the Andre Filaho fight, and then he just kind of just drops the ball like Andrew Holbrook or, you know, Semmelsberger, right? Like, where is it at in the Jake Matthews uh, space-time continuum? Is that the ultimate question here? Perhaps, but we got to give credit because Semmelsberger has made legitimate improvements. Just like he said in his post-fight interview, that was a fight where he was actually showing that he was a mixed martial artist, and props to him. Jeremiah Wells, feeling confident, riding high, knows it's his time to make his run. He's a little bit older. Um, an athlete as well. Um, I don't know if he played sports uh, uh, and, and whatnot like Semmelsberger, but both these guys are clearly athletes. Um, Wells probably a little more pop on his punch, more um, more power and that more pop in that regard. Don't want to use the E word. Um, that always gets overused for... Uh, certain types of athletes definitely don't want to fall into those trappings. But, yeah, the dude's definitely got some pop, right? Uh, of course, he's got a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt in his back pocket and trains with really good grapplers. I think that's going to really come in handy, um, you know, uh, unless Semmelsberger maybe takes him down and exposes some holes that we didn't realize were there. I don't think that's the case, though, uh, which means he's going to be with a dude with some pop on his punches. And uh, I'll take Semmelsberger. I think it's priced appropriately. This one should be tight. Um, but, yeah, I'll take Jeremiah Wells, the slight favorite. Um, Christos Yagos, plus 130. Rick, the gladiator. Ricky Glenn. These aren't dr these aren't Sunday school kids. These are drug-peddling midgets. What's your name? Ricky. Um, <laughs> that's what I think of when he changed his name to Ricky Glenn. Um, Rick Glenn, of course, was scheduled to face uh, Drew Dober at the pullout due to injury needed a surgery. Um, at his age, and not old, old, but, you know, the dude's been been fighting for a minute and watching him back in the WSOF days, Rick Glenn, this violent ground and pound, right? Um, you guys know me, I'm a big Rick Glenn fan. I was on an absolute island taking him against Dawson, uh, much less, you know, the round three. And, uh, oh, we almost got Rick Glenn and Rick Glenn round three. Um, almost, almost looked not like a genius, but, you know, almost looked like I was not dumb there, which was nice. Um, but, yeah, it was not meant to be. And that's kind of the pitfall here, you know. What's it going to be like, Rick Glenn, you know? Is, uh, you know, it's probably going to need a little bit to get his sea legs under him, right? Christos Yagos already going to have an athletic and speed advantage, right? But it's kind of like what I always say with Ed, with Ed Herman, which is probably a bad example considering Ed Herman and his, you know, my, both his streak slash my streak betting him. But in the sense of these guys were born slower. These guys were born kind of, uh, you know, having to climb out of those first couple of years. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't know if that noise is sorry. But, yeah, like, so, you know, 
it's probably going to be like that either way. Christos Yagos can start hot, and then, you know, for, for one reason or another, cardio injury, putting himself out of position, uh, what have you. We've seen fights get away from him, right? Um, he's only faced one southpaw, surprisingly. That was Jason Gonzalez, who I don't even know if he got a win. Maybe he got one win in the UFC, I believe. Seemed like a real dangerous big lightweight. Drew Dober faced him, if you guys remember. Uh, but this was like on the regional scene over a decade ago, and he lost by submission. Couldn't find footage of it. So, yeah, Yago's technically 0-1 to UFC-level southpaws for what that's worth. Should have some decent southpaws, amount of southpaws to train with over at Killcliff FC, but... You know, as we as we've seen it before, I didn't pick him against Yago or against Moises, but I was like, you know, Yago sounds good, and he's making some points, and you know, if he's gonna show it, it's gonna show it now. He's had a couple camps under his belt, you know, maybe the stars are aligning, perhaps that could be something, but no, I think I, I ended up still taking Moises by submission, right, and that came through, and uh, yeah, so that kind of, you know, I don't want to right close the door, especially me. What the fuck do I know? But yeah. I'm supposed to make a pick here. I'm going to go with Rick Glenn. And, you know, minus 160, not a bad price. Came down. But do you really want to be laying that chalk, even if you can find it in a parlay to make it, you know, a unit return? I don't know, man. How about instead of laying the chalk, how about I lay a third of that price, which is, you know, roughly half a unit. Cut that half a unit into 25s. Put 25 on Glenn in round two, plus 700. 25 on Glenn in round three, plus 750. And uh, hopefully either way, I walk away with a little over a unit. Uh, again, kind of similar logic of the divvying of the rounds of Lucindo there. Um, and that's what I'm going to do with uh, Ricky Glenn. Then I don't got to sweat a, a submission or a TKO, even though TKO is probably where it, w- it would lean uh, for Rick Glenn in his history, you know. Uh, so we'll see on that one. Montel Jackson minus 600. Hey, it's me, honey, yeah, yeah, everybody. Uh, plus... <laughs> 425. Ronnie Yaya looks like he's like in the background of a Weekend at Bernie's movie in the 80s. He just looks like he's teleported from a time machine, you know? Like, <laughs> I remember that guy Ron Stallings. They fought like Uriah Hall back in the day. Like, Ron Stallings literally looked like he was teleported from 1986. Like, <laughs> he looked like he was about to like cheer Axel and <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop, and then all of a sudden he shows up like his mustache and everything. Like Ron Stallings looks straight out of fucking 1986. Holler if you hear me, all right? Anybody who knows that reference, um, fucking Ron Stallings. <laughs> Where did he come from, Marty? Marty, we gotta go back. Who's that? That's Ron Stallings. Don't worry, he need a ride. <laughs> Sorry. Um, obviously, Montel Jackson is a guy I point to who, like, you know, I feel, I feel like you, you know, are going to start fading as he gets older, especially trying to keep making this weight. Um, we'll see how he looks on the scales. Uh, but obviously, Ronnie is old, has had neck injuries, pullouts, almost 40 years old. We don't know the state that he's in. I'm going to be so happy if he wins of course but man can i honestly pick him much less pick him with any confidence as an analyst no i can't but that doesn't mean i can't play ronnie yaya by sub at plus 1800 round one which i did at point one seven u i mean if, if there's going to be a it, again i slash nate already did it on the bellator card with a uh, pick and pico and putting a little bit on the sub the other side um, why, why would I not do it for the UFC card when it's my guy, Ronnie Yaya? You guys know I'm a big Ron, uh, Ronnie Yaya fan. Let's see how old Montel Jackson is. 30 years old. Yep. 
24 he's about to he's about to be 31 so this is about where the weight cuts really start killing you and uh this guy should be a 145 he'd be a giant 145er and uh, he's continuing to fight at uh 135 so yeah um we'll see how long uh, Montel quick can keep it up I'm gonna pick him here but you know my hearts my hopes my dreams maybe not that much obviously but you know uh got love for Ronnie yeah yeah in this spot right here um all right uh Carol Hosa plus 100 minus 120 Norma Dumont kind of surprising there um you know uh Dumont has the skills there but it's very piecemeal um, not f not as fluid, consistent, uh, or the volume maybe that you would like. Carolosa volume uh, has had you know flub ups here or there. Um, didn't look too deeply into this fight. Probably won't be playing it, but I'll pick Carolosa. That line movement interests me. What what did this open at? Yeah, minus two twenty five. Some more flippage. Uh, I feel like I'm on the opposite end of the public on all this movement too, which um, it usually would make me feel good because I'm like. Bleh public but uh you know considering how uh, good i've been doing in other words how bad i've been doing yeah it doesn't make me feel great folks gonna be honest here i don't feel great about this one too justin Taffa 115 we'll see what he opened at uh mo uh, muhammad usman kamar usman's brother minus 105 uh Taffa open as the dog just a little bit of a flip it's still staying tight where it should be i'm taking Taffa. um i didn't look into this fight though folks so be warned. I looked a little bit into this fight for the Southpaw report. We got uh, Francis Fire Marshall minus two ten. Who uh, who have Kurt Batman Pellegrino? Who of course you heard me and Brad Tashchuk uh, waxing poetic in the in our uh, Fight Night thirteen flashback. There, um, he's going to be taking on uh, William Gomi. Speaking uh, plus one seventy. Uh, speaking of Brad, uh, he uh, refers to him, I believe, as a uh, uh, Gomi's French bastard son, just like uh, you know. Uh, what do you call Ted Danson's Australian bastard to Jamie Malarkey? I think it's a similar situation there. Uh, resemblance is clearly stunning. I'm going to go with Francis Fire Marshall. Um, instead of picking a method, I paired him up with the uh, previously mentioned Bobby Green uh, for plus 106. Just one unit there. Kareen Silva minus 200. Basila Cachueta plus 165. No strong opinions there. Uh, I'll probably take uh, Priscilla Cachueta. Um, a shot on her. I don't think I'll play, but I'll, I'll pick her and pick her in town master. Um, already too much uh, exposure, uh, including Nate's and Popo's plays. Oh, by the way, uh, Popo put 20 on Anaba and 20 on Alima Lake McFarlane, which I didn't talk about. Alima Lake McFarlane, did I? And, and Kana Watanabe, sorry. Um, taking Alima Lake McFarlane there. Um, I'll gamble that she can get the better of the grappling, and if it turns into striking, uh, I like her striking better than Kana's. So, yeah, give me the dog there. Um, last on the UFC card, by the way, was Brady Highstand versus Dana Baggery. Uh, I didn't look too much in this fight, but give me Dana. The line movement makes me want to play Dana. But again, uh, I'm already more exposed than a pervert hanging out of, in front of a Sunday school. Um, so I will keep it in the pants there. <laughs> uh, all right. How did we do on a time here? Look at that. No no YouTube live chat, so I actually did pretty decent on time. Holy shit, I covered four cards, one recap, and three previews in under an hour and 20 or so. We'll see if I can get the recap and get out of here in said time. All right. Going to recap. By the, uh, by the way, sponsored by MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. Um, 
visit there. You click the uh, Amazon or on it links if you shop through those godforsaken sites, and a small percentage of your purchase at no cost to you gets kicked back to this year program. It's very useful. Also at mixedmarshallanalyst.com, my site, the host that ho- uh, hosts this year program, the Protect Your Neck podcast. There's also secure PayPal links, which of course you can find in my link trees, both at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter, which uh, again you can still find me there. I'm still going to just be doing minimal posting for as long as it makes sense and on Instagram uh, Dan underscore Tom underscore MMA don't be a creep uh, but I probably otherwise I probably should make a pro one anyways uh, but yeah just bear fans and family shit that I gotta deal with um, but yeah uh, feel free to uh, support their uh, paypal.com I think Dan Tom MMA is the address Daniel Tom MMA or Dan Tom MMA as well on YouTube like subscribe five star ratings and reviews on protect uh, on Apple podcast please it really helps all the shares especially on the Twitters and all those stuff the way the engagement goes uh, they're trying to bury the journalists and stuff now who aren't paying and stuff so I'm sure so yeah um, if you like stuff uh, all the more reason to follow like and engage really voting with your dollars helps recapping now Bellator 294 taking Liz Carmouche over Bennett taking Timmy Big Dick Johnson over Said Soma taking Sarah McMahon over Arine Blanco taking Danny Sabs Patello over Marcus Breno got a little hedge on Breno we'll get to that with the plays taking Michael Lombardo upset KO perhaps over Levon Chokelli um no opinions on the rest of the card uh probably taking uh, all the favorites um Maybe Blake Smith because he looked really pissed on the way ends. Because as I said, uh, Bellator 295 taking Mix over Stotts, taking Alimale over Kana Watanabe, taking uh, Pico over Gonzalez. But Gonzalez submission play, which we'll get to. Uh, probably taking Horiguchi over Borg, Maderos over Leary, Burnell over Gonzalez, Kamaka over Edwards, Inaba over Ortega. So reluctantly, albeit, uh, I'll take Diggs over Almeida. Um, don't really have strong opinions on anything else on that one. So we'll go to UFC taking Blades over Pavlovich, taking Tavares over Blindado Bruno Silva, taking Bobby King Green over Jared Gordon, uh, taking. Uh, Yasmin Lucindo over Brogan Joe Rogan, Walker, Texas Ranger, taking Jeremiah was a bullfrog over Samuels Burger time. Turner, I'm taking Ricky Glenn over Yagos and Carlos Candelario. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, that fucked me up. Sorry. Uh, yeah, taking R- Ricky uh, Glenn over uh, Yagos. We're going to take. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no. We're, we're going to begrudgingly take Jackson, but my heart is with honey, yeah, yeah, everybody, as well as a small bet. Um, taking Carl Hosa over Dumont. Take Reluctantly take Tafa over Usman. Marshall over Gomi. Uh, I'll reluctantly pick Cachoeira over Silva. Uh, and I'll take Dana over um, Brady Highstand. Um, plays. Um... Pobadora's plays. She put $20 on Anaba, $20 on Alimale. Anaba was minus 120. Uh, Alimale was plus 120. Um, my parlays. Uh, Tavares Green plus 129, one unit. Marshall Green plus 106, one unit. Uh, yeah, it's got a fucking parlay in the house, which is uh, Carmouche Kamaka Sabatello plus 110, one unit. 
potential hedge for that. Nate laid Breno plus 350 for 0.29 unit to uh, cover that one. Um, I added Lucindo round two plus 750, 0.20 units, round three plus 1,000, 0.20 units uh, live here on the show. Carmouche inside the distance is what uh, Nate's on, plus 135, one unit. Uh, Glenn, round two, plus 700, 0.25 unit. Round three, plus 750, 0.25 unit. That's me, that's me. Um, as I teased earlier, even though we're picking Pico, uh, Nate, but uh, which I'll account for it. James Gonzalez by sub, plus 1,400, 0.17 U. Speaking of sub, yeah, honey, hi, everybody. Round one sub, plus 1,800, 0.17 U, despite picking Montel Jackson. Of course, just like my Action Network article, I put my money where my mouth is. I got Tavara Silva over 2.5 rounds in the co-main event at plus 105, one unit. Uh, and, uh, of course, I, I took the under in the main event for Blades Pavlovich under 1.5 rounds, minus 142, 1.42 units. I don't have, I can't round robin, so I don't have a round robin to give you. But if I did, um, well, let's be honest, it would probably force me to do, like, Cachoeira, um, and whatever under other underdogs I pick, money line, because it wouldn't let me do anything cool. But I would probably do um, Tavares' decision. I would do um, I would do Glenn round three. <laughs> um, yeah, sound really confident, don't I? Um, yeah, yeah, sub maybe. Is even a stupid number on that? Um, yeah, I wouldn't really listen to me for that. Not much not much on the round robin. Maybe it's good I can't round robin this week. Look at that, folks. I'm going to get to my last article so I can get some freaking sleep uh, and get this all uploaded. So uh, thank you guys for your time, uh, the shares. Hopefully you guys don't mind the audio. At least it's a little shorter. Good luck on your picks and plays. And always protect your neck.